0: Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is day 611, and we are in 2 Chronicles 32. I know yesterday our time in 1 John 5 was a bit lengthy. There was just a lot in that chapter, and I think it was some important things for us to think about and talk about. Today, we're also getting some important things as we come to a very pivotal event In the history of Israel, in the reign of Hezekiah, let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to 2 Chronicles 32 today. Father, thank you for your word. Please help us to think clearly about it. Help us to receive it by faith. Help us to see Christ more clearly through your rule over your people throughout history. And help us to believe and walk in the light of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. After these things and these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and intended to fight against Jerusalem, he planned with his officers and his mighty men to stop the water of the springs that were outside the city and they helped him. A great many people were gathered, and they stopped all the springs and the brook that flowed through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? He set to work resolutely, and built up all the wall that was broken down, and raised towers upon it. And outside it he built another wall, and he strengthened the millow in the city of David. He also made weapons and shields in abundance, and he set combat commanders over the people, and gathered them together to him in the square at the gate of the city, and spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people took confidence In the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. After this, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, who was besieging Lachish with all his forces, sent his servants to Jerusalem, to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, On what are you trusting that you endure the siege in Jerusalem? Is not Hezekiah misleading you that he may give you over to die by famine and by thirst when he says to you, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not this same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem before one altar you shall worship and on it you shall burn your sacrifices? Do you not know that I and my fathers have Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands at all able to deliver their lands out of my hand? Who among all the gods of those nations that my fathers devoted to destruction was able to deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now therefore do not let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you in this fashion, And do not believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you out of my hand? And his servants said still more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. And he wrote letters to cast contempt On the Lord, the God of Israel, and to speak against him, saying, Like the gods of the nations of the lands who have not delivered their people from my hands, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. And they shouted it with a loud voice in the language of Judah to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten and terrify them in order that they might take the city. And they spoke of the God of Jerusalem as they spoke of the gods of the peoples of the earth, which are the work of men's hands. Then Hezekiah the king and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, prayed because of this and cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he came into the house of his God, some of his own sons struck him down there with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all his enemies, and he provided for them on every side. And many brought gifts to the Lord, to Jerusalem and precious things to Hezekiah king of Judah so that he was exalted in the sight of all the nations from that time onward in those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death and he prayed to the Lord and he answered him and gave him a sign but Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefit done to him for his heart was proud. Therefore wrath came upon him, and Judah, and Jerusalem. But Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had great riches and honor, and he made for himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of costly vessels, Storehouses also for the yield of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle and sheepfolds. He likewise provided cities for himself, and flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very great possessions. This same Hezekiah closed the upper outlet of the waters of Gihon and directed them down the west side of the city of David, and Hezekiah prospered in all his works." And so in the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that had been done in the land, God left him to himself in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his good deeds, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, in the books of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the upper part of the tombs of the sons of David. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem did him honor at his death. And Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. So in Second Chronicles 32, we see a lot. It's a very full chapter. But we get summary versions of of what is recorded at greater length in kings and in isaiah isaiah chapters 37 to 39 tells this portion of uh, hezekiah's reign and then you'll find the account also in uh, second kings uh, chapters 18 and 19. this is a condensed version so the chronicler greatly expands the work of hezekiah regarding the temple regarding worship, regarding the keeping of the Passover, but he greatly condenses this part of the story. He focuses here really on the key issue, and that is Sennacherib, king of Assyria, mocks Yahweh by speaking of Yahweh, the God of Israel, the one true God, maker of heaven and earth, the Lord. He speaks of the Lord the way that he speaks of the gods of the nations, which are just creations of men. And so that is the issue. So as great and powerful as the king of Assyria is, because he spoke of God, the one true God, as if he were just a creation of men, just a man-made God, the Lord comes and here's the prayer of Hezekiah and Isaiah and vindicates the glory of his name by sending an angel and cutting off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria. Now in Kings and Isaiah, we're told this is 185,000 men of the army who are cut off. But here we're told who they are. They are the mighty warriors, the commanders and the officers. So they were, they were basically you know, peon-level foot soldiers. Basically, on a chessboard, you wipe out anybody who has any real power. You're left with just pawns. The king and his pawns. And uh, if you've played chess, if you're playing against someone and they've taken all of your power pieces and all you have left is uh, your king and your pawns, you're going to lose. Uh, There's no way to win that game. So that's what really happens to Sennacherib because he mocked God. And... What's interesting is we're told here a little bit more about the fact that the world took notice of this. God vindicated the glory of his name and the world took notice of it. Many brought gifts to the Lord, to Yahweh, to Jerusalem and gave precious things to Hezekiah king of Judah so that he was exalted in the sight of all the nations from that time onward. People came from far and wide because they knew the army of the king of Assyria, the most powerful army in the world, the army that had conquered and ravaged nation after nation, was devastated. When it tried to take Jerusalem, the God who is there must be really powerful. Hezekiah, instead of giving glory to the to God, he becomes sick. He's going to die. He asks for his life to be extended. God answers him and extends his life. He's receiving all of this praise from all of these nations and all of these rulers and all of these envoys. And instead of giving glory to God, instead of making sure that the Lord was the one who was exalted, he becomes proud. So we see two things in this chapter that are really important for us to understand. One is you can be faithful to God and still suffer attack. Hezekiah was being faithful to the Lord when Sennacherib came and attacked. Serious attack came, even though he was being faithful. And the other thing we need to see is you can be faithful to the Lord and greatly delivered by the Lord and still be proud. Become proud in your heart. So this is sobering, right? We need to not become complacent. We need to not become presumptuous. Don't think, oh, because I'm being faithful to the Lord, I'll be protected from attack. And also not think, oh, because the Lord has delivered me and the Lord's been good to me, therefore, you know, I don't need to worry about pride. Mm -mm. No. And so Hezekiah does become proud. Now, we're told here that Hezekiah humbles himself and the wrath doesn't come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. But it's still an issue. It's still an issue. Um, Sennacherib sorry Hezekiah Hezekiah was one of the wealthiest one of the most powerful one of the most successful of all of the kings of Judah after the division of the kingdom after you know Solomon's son Rehoboam was a fool and Jeroboam took the northern ten tribes and all that happened Hezekiah is one of one of the greatest kings since then he does great work on Jerusalem he acquires great great wealth And in that, in that pinnacle, in that zenith of that position, in verse 31, we're told about the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, which everyone in Jerusalem and everyone in Israel knows this story by now. It's recorded in Kings and in Isaiah in more detail, but everyone knows this story. So the chronicler just sort of passes over and says, you know, God was testing him to see what was in his heart and he found what was in his heart pride, and presumption. But still, in the end, on the whole, we can say of Hezekiah, was he a man? Yes. Did he have failures common to humanity? Yes. Was he the perfect king that Israel needed? No. Jesus alone is the perfect king that the people of God need. But in the end, on the whole, he's a pretty good king. And someone that judah and jerusalem should be thankful for and we can be thankful for the lessons that we can learn from his life but we can be even more thankful that our king the one who rules over god's people now and forevermore is perfect in all of his ways and when he was tested by god to see what was in his heart what was in his heart was faithfulness and righteousness to the end let's pray Father, thank you for our perfect King, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation we have in him. Thank you that he reigns forevermore. Help us to be loyal to King Jesus, who has been faithful in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to move on to chapter 33. Hope you can join me for that. And again, as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.